0: Thank you for joining us today on Considerate for this special episode on Deacons. My name is Blair Cushman. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Bible Church, and I'll be your host and teacher today on Considerate. Here in the life of our church, we are seeking to install our first deacons. In the short history of uh, Redemption Bible Church, we uh, uh, have identified several candidates and are in the process of assessing and training them. In part one of this uh, special part series, we answered the question, well, who can be a deacon and looked at those character qualifications and uh, discovered that the office of deacon is open to both men and women. Today on part two, we answer a really important question, I think, about, well, what then do deacons do? Understanding that uh, there isn't very much in the scripture, four passages really, that speak to deacons or the office of deacon uh, at all, three explicitly and uh, uh, one implicitly, which we're going to look at today, where I think uh, the office of deacon really was begun as kind of the prototype for elders and deacons and how they function. Uh, but uh, we're going to attempt to answer this question about what do deacons do? And after we answer that, uh, then uh, what do they not do then? And uh, um, and that's really where we're uh, headed now as I read for you Acts chapter 6. So I'm just going to read it to you, understand that some of you maybe are driving. Others of you might have your Bibles uh, in front of you, so if you do, open them up. If you are driving, then Take your Bible afterwards and go and and listen to this. But here's the scene, and I'll explain it a little bit and then uh, pull out the lessons that uh, teach us about what elders do. Acts 6 beginning in verse 1 says, Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, that's an awesome problem to have, right? Uh, uh, More and more people are coming to Christ, are joining the church here. They're increasing in number. And it says, "...a complaint by the Hellenists," those are Greek-speaking Jews, "...arose against the Hebrews," those uh, Hebrew-speaking Jews, or uh, in this case, likely believers, "...because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, "...it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables." These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Again, that was Acts 6, 1-7. And so here, if you know the storyline of the scriptures, the church has been born, uh, people are coming to faith, The uh, apostles, uh, mainly Peter and uh, and others at this point are, are preaching, and uh, and people are coming to faith in, in significant numbers. And uh, this is, is awesome, but like in any church, when people are coming to Christ, you have more people, and then more issues, more problems uh, arise. And in this case, widows were being neglected um, in the daily distribution of food. In the care that the church was giving to them, now whether this need was real or just perceived, it was it was a threat of threatening their unity in the church, and and so it got brought to the disciples or the apostles, and. And uh, and they recognized it as a as a need, and yet they also recognized their their limits. They had uh, they didn't have unending margin in their life, and they also had priorities priorities to preach the word, and uh, to pray, and to equip leaders. That's what uh, elders uh, do. Um, They are to devote themselves to the ministry of prayer and. The word and uh, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and, uh, and aren't to be people that just do everything. And so uh, this need uh, arose. And so the elders there, the apostles at this point, recognize that. And so they immediately uh, say, we need to find uh, the right people. And note this, like we noted in the first one, they go right to character. Uh, those that are of good repute, are dignified, they're full of the Spirit, they're full of wisdom. And uh, those will be the ones who will be appointed for, uh, this, uh, for this work, this office here. Now, I think this is really helpful. As we think about what do deacons do, but even in the process of how do you come about deacons um, and even the office of elder, like how do you, how do you even – what what does that look like in the life of the church? Well, uh, the person has to aspire for it. They have to want it. Uh, 1 Timothy 3 talks about that in light of elders, um, that he who uh, desires or aspires to the office of uh, elder desires a noble thing. And so the person aspires. Uh, elders appoint people. Um, the uh, church affirms uh, the people and, uh, and recognize them that there's, that they are indeed uh, men and/ or women of character. And, uh, and the uh, Holy Spirit then uh, anoints the person for uh, a ministry and uh, has uh, His hand upon them to uh, accomplish the work according to God's glory and for the good of, of people. He gives so the Spirit anoints in that gifting and, uh, and equips them for the work. But back to the, the passage here now, that's what they look for. And so in this case, then uh, these seven men are set aside and, uh, and put before the people. They're prayed for. The apostles lay their hands on them, and they are then officially commissioned for the work. And guess what? Ministry increases more more people are come the it the ministry doesn't actually slow down when uh, when the right people are leading in the right way and the number, number of disciples were told multiplied greatly in Jerusalem so much so that i hope you got this that priests even priests those jewish uh, priests came to faith the least likely uh, the most educated the most steeped in jewish religion even they convinced of the authority of Jesus Christ, of uh, He alone being the way for salvation. So this is pretty awesome. I think this is what every church wants to see happening and to be said of their church. And so how does that happen? Well, it happens when uh, uh, elders are doing their thing, elders or pastors are doing their thing, and uh, deacons are doing their thing. And so Uh, That's the question we're here to answer then, and what do we learn from this passage of uh, what deacons do? Well, I think we can uh, derive from this passage three primary things, uh, that uh, three primary roles, if you will, or three primary responsibilities that uh, those who serve as deacons uh, fulfill, and they all uh, begin with F. For uh, your uh, alliterative enjoyment and uh, and hopeful help in memorizing these. And so, what's the first one that we find here? Well, uh, deacons first fight for unity in the church. They fight for unity in the church. There was a real need. It was causing division. It was threatening their unity. And so, deacons are appointed so that they um, uh, so that this uh, this potential division is warded off. A division is always lurking. There's no shortage of things in the church church, uh, both big and small, that threaten the unity of God's people. And much of it is not doctrinal most things that threaten the unity of the church are not over issues of truth and doctrine of what the bible actually teaches but it's over uh, conflict a dispute relational things and so it's always lurking as our sin as remains and it is seeking to uh, destroy us as our enemy is uh, looking for any advantage the slightest crack to create a fissure in the church. And so deacons here really uh, step into the gap then to fight for unity in the church through those physical relational uh, needs that exist here in the church and that uh, could uh, create discord uh, amongst the believers that love each other. But the second thing that they do is is this. They free up the elders, uh, the, they free up the elders so that they can devote themselves to prayer, ministry of the word, and the equipping of the saints. See, inherent in the very word deacon is a servant or assistant. They assist the elders in gospel ministry. No one person can do it all. Not one pastor, not one deacon, uh, nor can any one office. Uh, not at all can't fall just on elders or pastors. It is elders and deacons. Nor can just any one gift set why so God in his wisdom and his kindness has gifted people with a variety of gifts. And so it is why uh, God uh, does that, why He gives plurality, why there's multiple people that serve in these offices and uh, why there's uh, plural uh, plurality in the in, in offices as well, why there are both elders and deacons, those who uh, deacons they lead through their, through their uh, serving. And meeting the physical needs of the church and elders who serve by leading and setting the direction and praying and all those things. And so, uh, this is really important. This is why God gave deacons uh, to come alongside and meet the needs, so that the gospel is proclaimed, so that the uh, the sheep are fed, so that uh, ministry happens, and uh, and and uh, teachers are. Preachers, the elders can um, can give their uh, full attention to the content and to the ministry that God has set before them, and uh, and these deacons come alongside to uh, to work uh, with them. And so, what do deacons do? They fight for unity in the church. They free up the elders uh, for uh, their ministry. And here's third what deacons do: they facilitate gospel service opportunities. Uh, deacons are facilitators. Uh, Deacons aren't the people. What do deacons not do? Well, they're not the people who do all the work. There's a need in the church. Well, who are we going to call to do the work? Let's call the deacons. No, they're not the people who just simply do all the work. They uh, facilitate and equip and uh, train uh, people. They lead uh, teams and uh, they, yes, have their hand to the plow, just like all of us, but they uh, facilitate uh, the, the ministry, those gospel service opportunities that uh, exist in the church. And so think of it this way, when when uh, when needs come up or uh, there's things that happen, the elders provide the direction and the teaching, um, the teaching. Uh, The the deacons facilitate the ministry of the church, but every member, every believer does the work of the ministry in the church. No member, no person, no believer is just simply a consumer or somebody who just shows up on a Sunday. But all of us work for Christ. Deacons facilitate that Work and elders uh, lead or provide the direction then for that uh, for that ministry. And so, uh, I hope that's uh, that's helpful for you as you've maybe looking at what, uh, um, uh, uh, what what does the Bible teach about this, and you are examining maybe your history, the traditions in which you've grown up in, and and uh, what what did deacons do. Um, but uh, I think what the Bible teachers pretty straightforward. They fight for unity in the church, they free up the elders, and they facilitate these gospel uh, service opportunities for all believers. That's really what they do. It's pretty simple. And uh, then the actual needs uh, uh, look very differently uh, for a church. We have uh, specific roles and um, gospel service opportunities in our church that revolve around the uh, audiovisual and lighting uh, production, uh, the financial needs, are. Facil- Facility needs since we have a building, um, the, which include both the custodial and the maintenance uh, of our church. And we have parking lot and uh, first impression uh, needs that... Uh, really exist in our church, but that's different. And I think God, again, in his wisdom and his providence, left it open for us as each church um, has different physical needs uh, within the body and uh, and raises up the right men and women to meet those uh, specific needs. But our deacon needs, our gospel service opportunities are different than uh, brothers and sisters in Latin America or in Africa or uh, Asia or even a church in Canada or even another church here in New Braunfels. And, uh, so each church and that elder team has the discretion, uh, to make those calls as to what, uh, what specifically they do. But in each of those roles, I think the heart of it is they're fighting for unity. They're freeing up the elders and they are facilitating those of gospel service opportunities. And so that's what deacons do. But what do they not do then? Well, uh, what they, do? they don't, they don't act like elders in some churches, maybe they, they're just traditions, the deacons, they do act like elders, but, uh, um, but, but, but they're not, um, the elders are those that, like I said, they set the direction, they teach and refute doctrine, they lead the discipleship of the church and they carry out the discipline in, uh, in the church. And so deacons do deacon work and elders do eldering or shepherding work. I also said deacons, uh, just said this a minute ago, but, uh, what do deacons not do? They don't do all the work they facilitate and, uh, and, and open up, um, Open up those opportunities. Now, as we uh, have talked about this, maybe there's some misconceptions here about what uh, uh, what do deacons do then, and what do they not do? Well, like with anything, um, when there's a lack of uh, clarity, uh, we can easily read into or um, or insert or infuse maybe a, a, an outside understanding onto the scripture. And so I think with deacons here, that, that has happened over time, that uh, ideas of uh, political um, understanding, political organization has uh, kind of in, in, influenced uh, how uh, elders and deacons work and corporations have uh, um, kind of influenced what these roles look like. And, uh, and we have to be really careful with that. Um, we need to let the scripture speak for itself. The scripture is outside those, uh, you know, those kind of specific political or uh, corporate um, uh, influences. And not that they are all bad, but uh, we just need to be wary of that. And so uh, here's one way that, that I think that plays out with, uh, when it comes to deacons and deacons and elders. It's that uh, and this is a misconception that elders and deacons rule as two separate governing, governing bodies. As if the elders and the deacons are like the House of Representatives in the Senate, and then the pastor and his staff are the president and the cabinet, and you know it's all a system of checks and balances. And I don't know that we can read that into the Scripture. We have to be very careful. These aren't two uh, bodies that are uh, that are governing the church and making decisions and uh, and uh, um, keeping each other in check. It seems to be that the elders are the ones who are leading and directing, and and uh, the uh, deacons are assisting and serving uh, alongside of them. And so they're not two separate governing uh, bodies. Uh, another misconception, and this really comes from the corporate world, is that the office of deacon is a stepping stone to becoming an elder. Well, the church isn't a business with a ladder to climb, um, now, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, somebody who serves as a deacon can could not become an elder, but it isn't the, you know, the first rung where you have to do your, you know, you have to take your knocks, you have to do your time as a deacon and sweep the floors and clean the toilets before you can actually uh, have some influence and serve and lead and teach um, yeah, that's uh, that's not the purpose. It's not a training ground for elders per se. There's different ways to test these offices. There's different uh, gift sets that uh, exist in each of these, and not that there's not overlap, but uh, um, but it isn't a stepping stone in in that way. There's a third misconception uh, I think that exists out there is that the deacons are those that hold the pastor accountable you know the 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 deacons they're the representatives of the people and so that that pastor doesn't get too big of a head he doesn't uh, have too much power and and authority well the reality in a healthy church in a biblical church everybody holds uh, everyone accountable um you know, and within certain limits, and uh, to the degree in which you know uh, one another, but uh, you know, a pastor or elders are held accountable by their by their wife, by the other elders, by their small group that they're a part of, by other fellow pastors in their network or in their community, and so there are multiple layers of uh, of accountability actually, um, and so they're. Uh, yeah, they, they they don't the deacons aren't just there to for that sole purpose of holding one another account or holding the pastor accountable, um, though that certainly can happen. But here's the thing: even behind that uh, that heart, it's it's really a heart of of well, if if there are questions that that exist about the the pastor and his character or his spending habits or his leadership abilities, then I would say uh, one that that pastor uh, shouldn't probably in the role if he can't be trusted like that um, if he's not uh, above reproach and himself ex- uh, exhibiting the, the character qualifications from First Timothy 3 um, or the pastor just has too much unilateral authority. Um, where's the rest of the plurality, and um, if uh, if that's the the sole reason that deacons deacons exist, and so it's a misconception here that they just simply exist for that. And here's the last uh, misconception I think that exists: what deacons, uh, d- and under this header of, and the the question of what do deacons not do, and it's it's this that deacons control all the money. Maybe you've been a part of a church like that where they were deacons or trustees, and they, uh, they had control of the money. They knew who gave what and what was spent. They set all the budgets, and the deacons, uh, the, the money was their job. Well, again, uh, uh, I think there's some danger in this mentality, particularly that operative word of control. Um, if you're serving the church, no matter what role it is, so you can have control, uh, you're in it for the wrong reason. The, the church is the Lord's. He controls all things. And so whether you want to control the money, you want to control the pastor, you want to control the direction, you want to control the decisions, um, that that uh, the Lord will quickly expose that and uh, in his good timing root that out. But when it comes to money, then specifically elders, they set the direction for the budget. They set the direction for how uh, money will be spent so that it's being spent according to the mission and the values uh, so that uh, disciples are being made and churches are being planted. So elders set the direction. Um, each deacon weighs in on their area of responsibility. And uh, um, and and then there are some uh, specific deacons that uh, likely manage the collection and the accounting of uh, of. of of the funds there's also another way I think Deacon's uh, uh, you know influence and spend the money, and that's through benevolence needs, both for the within the church and those who are outside the church. Um, when there are gospel service opportunities, they are facilitating the collection and the spending of money to meet those uh, benevolent needs. But, uh, but it is a misconception, and it is not what deacons do in that they control all the money in the church, but they certainly, uh, as men and women of character and influence who are fighting for unity and freeing up the elders uh, for their ministry and facilitating those gospel opportunities uh, have a part to play in the financial stewardship of the church. And so I hope this uh, episode of Consider It has been helpful to you. I hope that you've gained now a more clear understanding from what the scripture teaches about what do deacons do and what do they not do. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk more about what this looks like specifically here in our church, Um, but that's really, I think, the heart and where we build off of the foundation for uh, the ministry, the very valuable ministry of deacons and what they do, the service that they provide uh, for the gospel, uh, for the advancement of the gospel, the glory of God, and for our good. I can't wait to uh, have deacons officially here at Redemption, and uh, am looking forward to the day when uh, uh, when we we're really seeing that increase not because we're uh, clamoring for numbers but because we want more and more people to hear this good news of Jesus Christ and people serving uh, Christ with all they have and the gifts that he has given them thanks for tuning in today uh, know this you are.